This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. Hello and welcome to a special edition of This Week in HPC produced with Intersect 360 Research and distributed in partnership with HPC Wire. I'm Tiffany Trader, Managing Editor of HPC Wire, and I am very happy to be joined today by two of the people running this year's supercomputing conference. We have with us Christine Quickie, who is SC20 Chair, as well as a Director of the Navy DoD Supercomputing Resource Center. And we also have Becky Verstuvi, SC20 Vice Chair and Director of Operations, Management, Computing, and Computational Sciences Directorate at Oak Ridge National Laboratory. Welcome both to the, the podcast. So, um, Let's uh, let's start with um, with Christine. Christine, um, I'd like to ask you how how did you get started in HPC? What is your background? Sure. So my background is I have a um, a bachelor's degree in aerospace engineering from Mississippi State University. And while I was an undergrad, I had the opportunity to start working at what was called the Engineer Research Center, which is now called the um, High Performance Computing Collaboratory. And so I was a grid generation per person. That's all I did um, in undergrad. But that really got me interested in HPC itself. And so for my graduate degree, I went into computational engineering, uh, finished my master's there, and from there went straight to work for the Department of Defense. What does your role with the uh, DOD Supercomputing Resource Center involve? And what do you find most interesting about it? Sure. Um, so I run a, a center, a data center center of about 70 people that helped me put that on for the Department of Defense. Uh, we are part, we are one of five centers with the Department of Defense High Performance Computing Modernization Program or HPCMP. Uh, we are operated by the Naval Oceanography and Meteorology Command uh, on behalf of the, of the HPCMP. And um, the most interesting thing, I guess, is just how hard our folks work. Um, we have we are an R&D facility, although we do support um, operational modeling in um, for naval meteorology and oceanography. So one of the really interesting things is trying to, um, you know, raise our R&D profile such that we can support people that have a real need for timely um, model runs. The other interesting thing is that we've got a new supercomputer coming in. It's a 290,000 core Cray Shasta. It's going to be the largest system that the HBCMP has ever procured. So uh, we're really looking forward to getting that on the floor and, and um, getting it started up and ready to use for about 2,000 different DOD HBCMP users. Oh, excellent. That's very, very exciting. And uh, Becky Verastegui, our SC20 Vice Chair, uh, how about yourself? Uh, how did you get started in HPC? Could you tell us a little about, about your background? Well, I had a, a bit of a winding career. I, I came to, I've, I've worked in Oak Ridge really my whole career and ended up at Oak Ridge National Lab um, and worked for Ed Oliver, who was an early, one of the early people in super, the supercomputing conference. He was our HPC director, although we didn't call it that back then. And uh, worked for him and was more on the IT side at that time. And then I moved over to the HPC side uh, in the in 2010. And I've been the operations manager ever since then. We have the uh, second fastest computer in the world here. So it's, it's pretty exciting all the time because we never know what's going to go on with our Summit supercomputer. Great. Um so the theme of SC20 this year, I think, might be particularly relevant. It's more than HPC. 
So maybe we could discuss a little bit why that theme was chosen and, and what's the larger meaning being conveyed um, and then how the theme is reflected in the program. And you know, I think given the state of the world right now with the ongoing pandemic, um, it seems that you know this theme is this theme is particularly relevant. Uh, what's your take on that, Becky? So um, you're right. At, at Oak Ridge, we and and across the world, COVID is is a big part of of uh, the HPC world, and it's it is definitely uh, it plays into our our theme more than HPC. Uh, Christine sort of has an interesting story to tell about how we came up with the theme because every year we've been doing HPC Matters ever since uh, SC15, actually SC14. And um, and so, and every year we have a different uh, theme that's on that same HPC Matters track. So uh, I'd love to, love to hear that story, Christine. Sure. So we were we look back over um, the past I think ten conferences to see what the the themes were and um, we also started looking at kind of the ecosystem around HPC not just HPC itself but the people that are making it happen the problems that we're trying to solve um, and we decided that you know right now with all these new um, innovations plus all these people and all these problems that we want to get done that was really more than HPC. So we wanted to kind of expand the uh, focus of the conference to include all of those people, also to include a larger subset of people that maybe had not been exposed to HPC before. So we really wanted to kind of hook people um, into looking at HPC as the larger ecosystem. Um, it, it did, you know, you're right about it being um, particularly timely. Uh, we actually, I think we posted a blog about COVID, about how the world was bringing HPC resources to bear um, on, you know, trying to stop the spread of the virus and then how to treat the disease. Um, that was early March. And I think maybe a couple of days later, we had to turn our in-person planning meeting from um, being in Atlanta over to a virtual uh, meeting. And from then on, we've been virtual ever since. But uh, it certainly is... Um, particularly with the, the amount of resources that are coming in to, to treat or to um, look at advancements for COVID-19 treatment. It's been, it, it really has been more than HPC. Yeah, um, there's certainly just been such an enormous response, worldwide response to, to supporting research around the pandemic, uh, especially see that within the HPC and AI community. So um, it's, it's good to, you know, it feels, I think it feels good to be a part of that um, and, and play play a role there, um, you know, and that, that goes to the, this, uh, that there's such a diversity of interests within the HPC community. So how do you, how do you balance, and I think you spoke a little bit to that, but how do you balance all those interests when you're, you're shaping the SC uh, program, Christine? So I think over the years, um, the conference has really struck a, a very good balance between the technical program and students and sign-in and exhibits, which are the main core of our, of our, of our um, conference. Um, however, you know, with so many innovations being made, it's really difficult for us to kind of focus on all of them every year. So each general chair tends to pick something that they're really particularly interested in. Um, and in my career, I've shifted more from the technical side, more to the operations side. So I really wanted to focus on state of the practice so that we can give um, 
the folks that really are behind the scenes, you know, the system administrators, the people that are building the facilities, all of that kind of work, give them a real opportunity to come together and share their best practices and, and their knowledge with each other um, in a more focused fashion. So we have a, a special track for that this year. Mm. And then with so much going on in artificial intelligence, machine learning, deep learning right now, is, is that a area of, of particular focus and attention? So I think it, it is in terms of the, um, we've got a, two tracks on that for the technical program. Um, it's very competitive there. And I think it's, it's starting to make its way into the other tracks, um, just how it's used to, to focus on different, the other different areas in the technical program. And are you still are you seeing those those technologies coming into your your role at the Navy DoD? A little bit, yes. So um, we are starting to look at more. So more, most of the DoD's problems um, are are physical science problems, right? And so we're starting to look at how we can or beginning to use AI to treat those problems. It's not something we have historically done. So it's something that we're starting to really get our foot into um, in the next couple of years. Mm. And then Becky, um, certainly at Argonne with the, the, the system, the big systems you have now and the coming systems, uh, it seems that these AI uh, technologies are, are starting to play a bigger role, yeah? Uh, yes, uh, at Oak Ridge, we, we have a whole initiative uh, on, on AI and in the Department of Energy, we uh, develop, we work on developing a strategy last year with uh, four town halls that had over a thousand people that attended just to develop a, a strategy for AI going forward. I mean, we feel like it's sort of the next big thing after Exascale. And what? Um, and and also, uh, Becky, um, what are what are some of the other trends in HPC that you're seeing that you're particularly excited about, or or perhaps even concerned about? Well, so Exascale computing is is really to me the most exciting thing because we're moving into that era here in Oak Ridge, we'll have an exascale computer next year. And um, the things that we'll be able to do with those computers are almost limitless. I mean, we're seeing what we can do today with COVID on Summit, our, our current supercomputer. And, you know, it, it's just exciting to think about the future beyond that. And uh, Christine, uh, same question to you. What 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 are the trends uh, you're 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 seeing as you look out uh, right now or across the next you know five years? Sure, I think it's probably trying to do more um, with a flat budget. At least for a lot of folks around the world, um, it's it's really difficult to you know everything's problems are getting bigger. We need the answers more quickly. So um, being able to buy enough supercomputing power to treat those um, can, can certainly be a, a concern in addition to um, being able to power those things. So exascale, you know, you're looking at a lot of power. So green computing, I think, is a really, really strong focus uh, for, for several groups at this time. Oh, that, that's great. Yeah. That's, as a, as the, the director of the, the, the supercomputing resource center, you'd have a more pragmatic uh, look at that and uh, keeping things in check there. So good. Um, and uh, Let's um let's stick with uh, with you, Christine. How did you how did you get in get involved with the SC committee? What's your sure. what's your experience like with the SC and how'd you get involved in the committee? So I got I first I was first involved in two thousand one. I was helping Eleanor Schroeder out with the students program, uh, and then I kind of followed her around in infrastructure. And then I moved into the technical program for a few years. Um, had one year where I was actually the DoD booth boss, 
And uh, after that, I came back in as a as more of the operations side. So I was really in the infrastructure team for a lot of years, became the chair for that. And I was the chair for communications and exhibits. And uh, a few years back was the executive director. And um, then I went ahead and applied for general chair. And so it's, it's a three-year journey as general chair. So I've been focusing on that for the past since 2017. Uh, but it's really been a fantastic experience. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, great. And Becky, I've seen your, your bio of extensive, extensive involvement in the uh, SC series over the years. Becky, you were, you were chair in 2007, uh, part of the steering committee for nine years, uh, conference vice chair, exhibits chair, finance chair, mm-hmm. local arrangement chair, and other positions as well. So perhaps you could, you could tell us a little bit about what, what that's been like and why, why you're so dedicated to the, to the series. Well, so I got started in uh, 1998. Um, my, my boss was one of the early um, founders of SC, the SC conference, and he got me involved. I didn't know anything about it, but that was like the 10th anniversary of the SC conference, and he asked me to be in charge of the history exhibit. I didn't even know what that meant, uh, and so I, I really loved it. You get to get to be a part of the committee, and you're part of a new family. I mean, and that's why I've I've stayed with it all the years through the years because people look at some of my SC um, colleagues are are my best friends too, and they're all over the country, all over the world. So that's what keeps me engaged. Um, it's just a great group of people who uh, once a year we come together for <laughs> and work as hard as we can to run the conference, and then um, we just keep our friendships just throughout the whole time. Yeah, yeah, it really does always come back to the, the people and the friendships. Are there any um, any other standout, memorable experiences uh, that at the SCs you've attended, your first SC or, or any of the ones that you've been to? Sure, I think, I can't remember which SC it was when there was a big announcement on the floor of the top 500 that I think, the, I, can't, I think it was that the U.S. had overtaken um, Japan at that time. And I was kind of a baby in HBC at the time. And it was really just amazing to me that there was this, you know, big struggle going on for number one. Uh, the second standout experience um, was in SC15, uh, the keynote speaker was Alan Alda, and he invited me on stage to carry a glass of water across the stage without spilling a drop, and I did not spill a drop, but um, he was a very, it, it was really fun to work with him for that brief period of time, but that was definitely a standout experience. What was your secret? <laughs> For not spilling water. <laughs> so I heard an old trick that you're supposed to look ahead and not at yeah. the water. Oh, you- that's exactly it. Um, in aerospace engineering, you learn about um, you know you start to do a, a feedback called a fugoid feedback. That if you um, if a pilot starts overcorrecting one way or the other, you just sort of amplify the error. So if you don't pay attention to that, if you just stare straight ahead at that table, which is what I did, and you don't recognize whether the water's about to spill, you're not going to re- you're not going to correct it. So. Um, it worked. <laughs> so good. Sounds like a good experience. Uh, how about how about you, Becky? Any any memorable experiences? Uh, for, well, I'm this, sure you have many, but one or, one or two that you'd like to share. Well, this wasn't a good experience, but it's one I'll never forget. It was uh, when the power went out in the city of Reno <laughs> during SC07 <laughs> on like one one of the last days uh, because we were like draining the whole power for the power grid for the city of Reno. So it didn't stay out for very long, but everything went down and dark. It was not a good day for me. Um, and then the second one was I had the opportunity to meet Seymour Cray, um, one of the early founders of, of supercomputing. And he was just such a, he was a wonderful man. And I, I just feel privileged to have been able to meet him. So just meeting people is, has been just 
wonderful experiences over the years. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard um, everybody, good, excellent reports about um, Seymour Cray from everyone that's had the good fortune to meet him. Um, and let's, uh, we, as, as was mentioned, um, SC20 has turned over and transitioned into a virtual event uh, at the end of July. SC, the SC committee made the decision uh, and announced the event will be fully virtual. Uh, Christine, what, um, what can attendees expect from the program this year? So we're going to put as much content out there as you would see at an in-person conference. Uh, we've, I'll say that the planning, um, we knew that we were going to probably have to go at least some component virtual early on in April. Um, and then we started planning for either a hybrid and or a virtual, totally virtual conference. And so um, once we made that decision to keep our attendees safe, to keep um, our exhibitors safe, to keep the committee safe, we knew that we were going to have to make some difficult decisions. But but they've been good decisions. So we have a platform, a virtual platform that we're going to use. Um, we are pre-recording most of the content, but the intent there is that while the content's playing, the actual uh, presenters will be available via a synchronous chat to do Q&A with the audience for the entire presentation rather than maybe the last five or 10 minutes that you would normally get in an um, in a, in a in-person conference. Um, there's lots and lots of details. We have a lot of information about that on the SC20 website, particularly in our frequently asked questions page. Um, we're also going to be updating that with more and more information, but we are going to have a how to attend SC video. We're going to have lots of information for newcomers, um, for people that you know have never been to a virtual conference. We're going to make sure that um, everybody's comfortable with all of the information that we have. Oh, that's great to hear. I'm sure the community really appreciates everything you're doing to, to turn this around and and get them all of the, uh, the features and engagement, um, you know, that will, will make this a, a successful event for everybody. Um, you know, one of the, the biggest uh, positive, on, on the positive side, one of the biggest positives of a virtual event is the increased uh, accessibility for people who, for various reasons, including economic ones, are, are not able to attend in person. Uh, so, that, that, I think that is a, a positive here. Um, and is the SC committee considering uh, having a virtual online component once in-person events are resumed? That's a great question. Um, my personal opinion is that you know, there's going to be a virtual component of almost every conference going forward for, for quite a while. Um, but I suspect that we will, we're, we're really excited to see how far our reach is this year with it being um, virtual. You know, normally we have about a quarter of our attendees are international and um, we're hoping to increase that quite a bit. Um, and we would hope that going forward, you know, that you'd want to take advantage of being able to do what SE is really about, which is communicating the latest and the greatest um, with the, the entire community. So that, that's the hope that that will certainly will um, have a, a virtual component going forward. Oh, excellent. Uh, and related to that, what are uh, some of the ways um, in which SE supports diversity, inclusivity, inclusivity and broader engagement of, of all communities? I know you, you have uh, several efforts going in, in um, that direction. Right, so we have WINS, the Women in uh, IT and Networking, and that's a great program. We're continuing that this year. Um, we have what's called HPC in the City. So we were very excited to go to Atlanta. It has a, a very strong HBCU um, presence. So we were hoping to partner with students and faculty and decision makers in the Atlanta area to help bring HPC to bear on local problems and kind of show them how HPC can um, really impact their lives. 
Unfortunately, since we're not going to be in Atlanta, we're not going to be able to do that at scale we were hoping to. However, we are going to go ahead with the HPC in the city program. It'll be in the week, a couple of weeks prior to the conference itself. Um, something else is HPC Immersion, which is new for students at SC this year. It's going to um, bring in undergrads from, from typically underrepresented areas um, in HPC and HPC related fields. They'll be really immersed in the technical program. They'll have a mentor and a guide kind of helping them through the conference. Um, once they've attended a, a session, the, the guide can take them and aside and say, okay, let's talk about what you learned. You know, what did you get out of this? Here's how you might be able to get more out of upcoming sessions. So we're definitely going to do that. And new this year, um, we typically track gender identity with questions that we ask attendees, um, but we're adding this year um, the ability to um, self-identify as an underrepresented group so we can track that going forward. And uh, as you mentioned, students, you know, students are a major part of SC. So I think you talked a little bit about this, but how, how does SC engage students and support uh, their involvement and, and newcomers as well? So I'll, I'll say that um, our, the students at SC Chair, um, Dr. Christine Harvey, is amazing. She's, you really should get her on your, on your podcast. She's, very, she's probably the most energetic uh, person on the committee. So she's expanding this, the students at SC program, to include a lot, uh, several more events. We are going to have at least, I think, 28 hours worth of SC, students at SC events. There's already a lot of students at SC content this year on our YouTube channel. Um, so we are reaching out. We're making sure that the students are still involved. They're going to help guide people through the conference. They're going to help us with the Q&A. They're, they're still going to be very, very involved in the conference going forward. And Becky, uh, what would you say to prospective SC volunteers, students, or colleagues, um, given your, your long history of involvement, what would you say to, to folks who are thinking about joining and getting involved? Well, so I, I believe that for the first time, we'll be able to reach a lot more people, like you said earlier, because uh, being virtual, uh, they can, the, the registration fees are, are very affordable. And we're, we've actually um, expanded the conference. So it's, it's not just one week, it's, it's two weeks long, and we have over 500 different sessions and things going on. So you can, you can join any of those things and like tutorials and workshops, usually those are like on top of other things going on. We, we often get faulted for uh, having too many things going on. Well, now we've spread it off up over two weeks. And so people will have two weeks to go to these things. And also if you register, everything's gonna be recorded. And so you'll be able to watch it later, later at your leisure if you like. So. We'll have so much content. We also have um, a virtual exhibits program that is free to people. So people can come visit our exhibitors without paying anything. And they'll be, they'll be available throughout the conference as well. Students will have opportunities that they've never had before. So we feel like we're providing more content than we've, we've really ever provided and, and will we'll be affordable for a lot more people. Great. Uh, and uh, Christine, were there any any uh, final thoughts you wanted to share or any other any other messages you'd like to get out? Sure. Um, I'll just echo what Becky said. I think this is a pretty affordable chance for people to to get all of the content at SC at your leisure because we will be providing it on demand for almost a year. Um, we certainly want to have as many people attend the conference as possible just because we think um, we've got a great 
amount of content, um, the content's high quality. So um, I would just say register. We're very excited about having everybody come on board and um, come to the Great. conference. <laughs> Great. Well, our listeners can go to the SC20 website for more information and that frequently asked questions page uh, again. So thank you so much, Christina Becky. It was so nice having you on today. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. This week in HPC, we'll be back next week with my co-host Addison Snell, CEO of Intersect 360 Research. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.